0: We are having technical difficulties Oh, but today.
1: look, the blue lines. The blue lines are
0: back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not only have we maybe lost an episode, but it took us about five minutes to figure out why the mic wasn't working.
0: Record out of your home. Oh, you think having a
1: podcast is easy? Let us tell you otherwise.
0: It's not as glamorous as you think.
1: And we don't even have to edit. Thank God for Daniel.
0: Thank God for Daniel.
1: Seriously, Daniel, you're like Jesus to us.
0: (laughs) Oh, snap. Okay. (laughs) We should probably talk about books. (laughs) Hey, book friends. This is Corey. Thanks for listening along as we have a book club of two over a cup of tea. Our goal is to explore beloved genres as well as push ourselves out of our comfort zone and explore genres we might typically overlook or avoid. In each episode, we discuss a randomly selected genre. We will be sharing our reading experience and a brief review of the books we recommended to each other from the previous episode. Also a heads up so that we can have a rich and in-depth conversation There may be spoilers about the books we are discussing. All right, let's get started. This is season two, episode seven. And in today's episode, we are talking about brain candy, otherwise known as modern chiclet. (laughs) All right, let's get started. What's going on with you this week, Carrie? Not a whole lot. I, uh, am going to Europe at the end of
1: April. So my friend, my girlfriend and I just booked our place to stay in Amsterdam. So fun. Yeah.
0: I've not been to Amsterdam.
1: Me either. I think she has, but only when she was little. So she doesn't remember it.
0: Okay. I did meet someone from Amsterdam recently at the bookstore.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. We had guests stay with us from Amsterdam. (laughs) And so I'm hoping that they will still show us around. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. Just to have that connection. Cool. We also booked a tour, which we may cancel. Because if Tourist. they show us around, well, then... Well, that's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What are you doing this week? How's oh, your week going?
0: Well, I was kind of in a different way prepping for an upcoming trip. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a backpacking trip down Perea Canyon and I guess, it's kind of southern Utah slash northern Arizona. Um, and so I have not really done any true backpacking. So I need to prep for carrying a 25 to 30-pound pack through four seven miles. So I've been practicing jesus yeah so we went down to sedona i did the airport mesa loop Mm, yeah then i came home i ate some pizza and then i passed out for like an hour (laughs) because i was a tired
1: kitten and it's the time to do it anyway it's gray and gloomy today no it is
0: yeah i mean we need the rain so i guess i shouldn't complain yeah yeah it's making me droopy totally me too we have some lovely tea to perk us up a bit.
1: We do. So we're drinking some white peach tea from Steep. Yeah, Steep. One of our local tea shops. We have quite a few now. I think we have, we have three,
0: three, which and is they're very all really fabulous. Yeah, they're all great.
1: They're all different.
0: They are. It's one of our summer projects, actually, to... Uh do some exploration and maybe weave them into our podcast. So yeah, stay tuned.
1: That would be great. So uh this peach white peach tea is organic and has a natural peach flavor, jasmine, orange oil, and tangerine oil. And what's great about Steep is that it's located in lovely downtown Flagstaff. It's locally owned by husband and wife, by a husband and wife team, Jean and Joe, who are amazing and have created this wonderful and inviting tea shop that you just want to hang out in. We have spent Many Many hours hours doing that. And they also provide delicious pastries from local bakers. However, if you are listening to this from afar and are sad that you cannot enjoy their tea, luckily you can enjoy their tea because they (gasps) shipped. So we'll have a link to their site in our show notes.
0: And if memory serves me correct, they ship for free. Yeah, I think that's right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, last time I was in there, Jean was like, Here. Try this macaroon. Our baker is trying out new macaroons. Ooh. And I'm like, sure, twist my arm. Done. Done. <laughs> give me all the macaroons. Totally. It was good, too. It was like orange with like a chocolate filling. Mm. And usually I don't like orange and chocolate together. I know, but this, because we just had that tea and you right? were like, I don't like it. But this worked really well. Oh, cool. So the advantage is to knowing the shop owner. They sometimes. Give you sweet treats. Give me sweet treats. Thanks, Jean. Okay. Um. So. chocolate Chiclet. Mm-hmm. So when you hear the word chiclet, what do you think, Kiri?
1: Brain candy.
0: Brain candy. Me too. Yeah. It's so funny. We're like, what should we call this? I was like, what should we call this episode? And immediately Kiri was like, brain candy. And I was like, that's totally what I was thinking.
1: You get lost in it. It's complete and utter bullshit most of the time. It's like high drama, high (laughs) love stakes, high everything that's not usually your actual life. Right. It is like a life into a bowl with mm-hmm. a whole bunch of batshit crazy scenarios
0: <laughs> and you just pull a few out and, and you see just what happens.
1: pull a few out and they may not link together but it all works
0: uh-huh yeah do you have a favorite one or favorite book or author that you have that's one of your go-tos julie classen julie classen i don't know who that is
1: she is a british author oh, okay. and she does time chiclet so it's like 1700s oh, chiclet see, i would
0: just call that romance do you think that's chiclet
1: I think it's chick-like because her characters are always strong female protagonists okay. that have just a whole bunch of crazy shit happening to them, which is essentially what happened in these two books. True. Okay. Like there's a little bit of love. There's a little bit of drama. <laughs> there's a little bit of patriarchy bull crap. <laughs> the patriarchy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh. What about
1: you? Do you have a favorite chick-lit author?
0: You know, so that's an interesting question. Um
1: I feel like you've read both of our authors before. I have. Yeah. I've read
0: both of them quite a bit. And I'm I'm looking behind you on my bookshelf, and I have s- several of Sophie Kinsella's books from the Shopaholic series. Mm-hmm. And so I, really, here's my thing, I think, with both of them is I, maybe I've outgrown Chiclet. No. I... I No. (sighs)
1: Mm
0: -mm. Or maybe it was reading two back to back. I mean, don't get me wrong. They were easy to read. I think I read both of them in less than five hours.
1: I think they were so absurdly different. Like right. we both disliked Emily Griffin's book. It was Giffen. the f- Giffen. Yeah. It was like the first time on Goodreads that we actually rated something well, the same. And I was like, We said huh. it was
0: okay. We I didn't mean,
1: say we didn't like it. Right. I mean two stars to me is like it's not good. Like I would not polite. go see a movie if it was two stars. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: All right. True enough. So I, I don't know. Um I but mean
1: you we'll still talk- haven't answered the question. Yeah.
0: So a favorite chiclet author. You know, I mean, in the past, I really, well, I mean, probably my big introduction, like many people's, was Bridget Jones's Diary. I haven't read that book. Oh, my gosh. Which I still have a fondness for. I, I feel like I should go back and read it again. I don't know if I would like it this time around. And I have a couple of the Shopaholic books on my bookshelf. And honestly, after reading this last one, I was like, maybe it's time to do an uh, another edit of books in my <laughs> on my bookshelf. Because mm. I was like, I don't know that I'd go back and read them again. And in particular, yeah. I stopped probably three or after like the third or fourth shopaholic book which i think she's still churning them out because i was like i know what's going to happen the same thing happens every single book Um. it's just a different setting or a different problem Mm -hmm. but it's the same story arc every single time i see that you have
1: a kate morton book yeah and she is also one of my favorites i don't know that i'd call her chiclet though would you i think so it's like brain candy yeah it's my, usually
0: a strong female protagonist. My book pile is out of control. It is quite crazy. So all the books on the on the left right side, uh-huh. Those are all sp- book arcs from oh, <laughs> from goodness. the bookstore. You we keep getting in. more in and I'm like, "Ooh, I want to read that one. Ooh, I want to read that one." Literally, when I'm done teaching in 3 weeks, all I'm going to do is read. Like I'm like I I I have so many books to read and I'm so excited to read them, but that's all I'm going to do. Yeah, cuz I have to take these back. They probably, probably don't know I have this many. Probably not. <laughs> she has about 20. <laughs> Sorry, Annette. <laughs> Sorry, Lisa. <laughs> I'm going to talk, read them and talk about them to customers of the store. I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> uh, but we have some cool stuff. Yeah, that's not – I mean, yeah. I. That's one of the things I love about the bookstore. And if you could see our bookshelf full of um, – arcs that we've gotten from publishers mm-hmm. it's out of control it's my favorite part about working you, they should have like an open like a night
1: where you pay five dollars or ten dollars and you get to browse the arc books uh-huh. and take one home you can't sell them that'd be selling you're not selling them though you're doing like an open house <laughs> you could do like a lottery of people pay five dollars well, to get a ticket
0: yeah. Well, you know, when we did a blind date with a book, uh-huh. that that was for a lot of those books. Yeah. We, we gave them away. Oh, no, you should do blind date with a book every month. That would be groovy. <laughs> Anyways. um, So, yeah, I don't know. And actually, there's one over there I've never read before. It's I think her name is Mary Kay Andrew. I think she's kind of a classic kind of chicklet. She's like Ellen Hildebrand or one of those people that writes beach reads type of stuff. Mm, yeah. Uh, but it sounded like an intriguing little synopsis. So I was like, okay, I'll give this a try. Mm. But... Yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll get into it more, I guess, as we talk about each of the books. Yeah. But I was I enjoyed them. Oh, actually, so I can answer your question now that we've circled back around. Like, squirrel! <laughs> squirrel? I, squirrel? <laughs> I love Marion Keys. She is I've an Irish author. I have a couple books of hers. So you can borrow one if you want. I'll give you one before you leave. Okay. And I just adore her. Um, I And I find that even... I, th- I think because of the language, I end up being a little more charmed by British or mm-hmm. Irish um, authors just mm-hmm. because at least the way they talk is a little more is different from the way I'm used to. So. Well, that's how
1: Julie Klassen, she's British. Okay. She writes really good books.
0: Well, I love them. I'll add it to my list. They're very yeah
1: brain candy like.
0: But at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, I think for me, as I alluded to earlier, I think I read each of these in less than five hours total. Yeah, I mean, they're so easy to read. And- I didn't
1: get through mine quickly. I think because I just disliked. <laughs> what is her name? Marion. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, let's talk and about and Kirby. Mine. <laughs> well, let's talk about mine first. We usually talk about yours first. I want to talk about mine first this time. Okay. Can I mix things up? <laughs> of course. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then we'll talk about Mary I just and finished
1: yours, so it works out perfect.
0: Oh, perfect. Okay. So mine was My Not-So-Perfect Life by Sophie Kinsella. And as I alluded to earlier, she writes the Shopaholic series. The first one was made into a movie. You might have seen it. No. Okay. It had um, one of those annoying redheads that I don't like. Amy Adams, I think, was Becky Bloom. Mm. Would. Anyways. But I think when the books came out, they were kind of novel, And it's, but I mean, classic. And and so I think this book was actually my favorite one that I've read of hers because, like I said, I think I just got burned out on the character in the Shopaholic series. Mm-hmm. This one is in a way very similar but different, but I loved like the part where she would take Instagram pictures of things that weren't really part of her life, yeah. like people's coffee that got up to go to the loo. Um, <laughs> and she posted on Instagram as her own. I thought that was such a fun and charming and snide way to kind of poke at the Instagram life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with social media, right? You always share the good things. You don't ever Uh share the bad things that we all go through. And so you're always like, man, their life is so great. Well, I am like suffering in this pile of shit. (laughs) And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's basically whoring yourself out of like, I only have good things that come my way. Right. Yeah. Right. But give a description about the book so people know.
0: Okay, so basically, the the heroine or the protagonist, her name is crap. Katie. Is? Katie. Thank you. Oh yeah, because she wanted to be cat, but yeah. she was not really a cat. No. So she was like from back country England, and she Somerset. I don't know where Somerset is. Mm. I don't know. Is that close? I mean, I guess it's within a few hours since their glamping I mean, business. They were getting Londoners. Yeah, I think it's a few hours. So it's so, rural, yeah. so it 's rural England, and she is into she does what marketing and promotions and advertising She's a designer, yeah, yep, and so she went to London to follow her dreams and live the dream of being a Londoner. London girl about mm-hmm. town. She has horrible flatmates mm-hmm. that are that do sound really ridiculous, yeah, and um, she has a seemingly kind of terrible boss that she wants to impress, and she uh, and she wants to be better friends with her office mates but she's also just trying to like figure out her life and all of that and then one day very awkwardly she's fired by her boss very suddenly and unexpectedly demeter is her boss's name
1: which just reminds me of the harry potter
0: dementor oh that's what i kept thinking the whole time (laughs) that's funny (laughs) i didn't but that's a great connection (laughs) So she tries to find another job and she kind of ends up tucking her tail between her legs and going home to her dad and her stepmom Mm -hmm. who uh, have decided to turn their farm into a glamping business. And of course she's one of those so she's kind of that typical character where she's very underconfident in herself but she also has these big dreams but then she'll try things and sometimes they don't work but in this particular case she's really great at helping her her parents turn um this really great business uh, into a business and they start being really successful so there's all these funny stories about the the different um you know rich people that are coming out to stay on a farm for a couple Mm -hmm. of days and glamp uh, which, for those of you that don't know what glamping is, I guess I assume everyone does at this point, but it's glamorous camping, so glamping. You yurts. Should. Like yurts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, people taking care of you, you're not really camping. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, one day, her former boss and her family show up at the, <laughs> the glamping uh, farm. I don't even know what to call it. Anyways, they... And so that was actually my favorite part when she was like making Demeter do all that weird stuff, like know, roll yeah. around in the mud and What if Paltro does it? I'm
1: like, <laughs> oh my god, I'm dying. Yeah.
0: So that was super hilarious. Yeah. And um and then some high and then, you know, like classic chiclet, she discovers that things aren't quite as they seem. Right. Demeter's life isn't as perfect as she thought. Her kids are jerks, kind of. Her husband and her are having some struggles and she's about to lose her job. And So then they start talking, and she's like, I think I'm going crazy. Like, I swear that, you know, these things keep happening, and I know I'm trying to keep track of everything. And, spoiler alert, lo and behold, what they discover is that her assistant has been sabotaging her for months. 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 Like, evil. Fake email addresses. uh, Deleting emails. Rescheduling. Taking things off her calendar. Like, literally out to get her and making her look terrible. Terrible. And so she thinks she's losing her mind. She literally is like, I've been Googling dementia to see if I'm going crazy because I don't know what's happening to me. I know that this was supposed to have happened or that I, I had this conversation. And so of course they start bonding because that's how it works. And, uh, and, oh, and then, so her love interest mm-hmm. is Demeter's boss mm-hmm. and he's comes out to fire her at the glamping site. So there's all this hijinks of her distracting him and they, you know, with her ha- vagina okay, true. I was getting there. I wasn't going to put it that way. I, I was going to say they had a little nookie out in the field. But Kiri's just going to throw out the V word and I guess we'll add the exclusive tag to this one. I've
1: already said shit, so it works out. <laughs>
0: um, and then, so they go back to London and they try and catch the girls and of course, Miss Katie saves the day. Dun, 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 dun. And then she gets a new job back with Demeter and their besties and... She, you know, the guy leaves for a while, but then he comes back and everything is great. The so, end. The end. Classic <laughs> chiclet. I mean, it was like, you know, it's like, and here's the thing that I always relate to, which I hate to admit this as I'm getting real here, but I relate to it, but it also drives me bonkers. Cause I, probably this happens to all of us. I don't know. Kiri will tell me here in a second if it happens to her. But, uh, she always will like have like, she'll like go off in her head and have like these dreams of, and then we'll be best friends. Mm-hmm. Like, like she'll like have this like dreams of like, her boss and she'll say well so you know I'll show her my ideas and she'll be like oh my god you're brilliant and then right. we're best friends and then I'll make lots of money and I'll be going to all her rich parties and like having like that internal like daydream yeah and I have I will catch myself sometimes doing that and mm-hmm. and then I'm like oh <laughs> we are living the chick life <laughs> so do you do that
1: go on the like
0: internal daydream oh completely okay about so maybe almost
1: that's, random like sometimes really random things okay
0: so maybe that's normal
1: i think it is okay yeah because i mean so i think it stems from situations where you're currently not happy so you daydream about um, if it changed this is what okay. you would be doing or okay. if i got a new job this is what i'd be doing or if i got really skinny and could eat whatever I wanted I'd eat 50 tubs of ice cream in a week <laughs> is that just me it might just be me
0: um well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a judgment make free it zone. in a
1: bowl like in a bath
0: that sounds really uncomfortable no, actually
1: it's like hot and cold
0: do you really want ice cream in your hoo-ha
1: No, I would be eating it out of a bowl in the bath. Oh my God, no. I do not want to swim or bathe in ice cream. That is disgusting. All right, all right. I feel better about this vision now. Um, But yeah, I think it's pretty normal and – I liked this book. It was easy. Like every time I picked it Mm up, I'd spend 45 minutes and I'd get a hundred pages through. Like it was quick, easy brain candy Mm -hmm. of what the hell is going to happen next. And it's so barbaric. Like (laughs) the fact that Demeter would come to the farm. Yeah. You know, like- it just most likely would not happen in real life. And I think that's why I enjoy it, is because it's like... It's over the top. Yeah, it's completely over the top. And the relationship And that with, she
0: didn't recognize her. No. I mean, I know she, like, yeah. they alluded to how she kind of, like... She
1: dyed her hair blue and wore a cap and sunglasses, but... Come I, on. But maybe that's true. I mean, Demeter didn't really seem like she was the type of person that paid much attention to bodies true. or what true. they wore or how they spoke. She was always doing whatever it was she was doing, but... Yeah. It was uh, it was good. I really enjoyed the relationship between Alex and Katie because it kind of brought a level of seriousness to mm-hmm. the book. Of you don't see the way your dad sees you, and mm-hmm. y- you know mm-hmm. they ha- analyzed each other's personality. And I know okay. that they're both fictitious, but it was just kind of nice. Is like this is what happens. Like we had a conversation last week, and we talked back and forth, and mm-hmm. you helped me. And it's just what friends do. It's what right and. I think that was like the most realistic thing in the book.
0: Yeah. Well, and I always feel like with these type of books, and I don't, I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but the other thing that I feel like I always pick up now is there's almost like a moral an under unspoken moral of, Mm -hmm. and like, for example, this one was, you know, be careful what you wish for and, or, you know, just because you think everyone's life is great. It doesn't mean it really is. Not everything is as it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. So then I'm kind of like, well, maybe I'm just outgrowing them. So maybe it's that I don't like them anymore.
1: Maybe you know that life isn't perfect.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'm like, okay, I already, (laughs) I've learned this lesson already. (laughs) I don't need it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or, or maybe it was reading two of them back to back. It's probably reading two of them back to back, which, you know, I'm finding a trend of like, we both read nonfiction books and we're like too much nonfiction. So we should just like switch to one sometimes, mm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. to kind of give it the opportunity so that we don't feel like, ugh. We just had to read two of those. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's true. We could certainly.
1: Cause I feel like we've had this conversation a lot of, mm-hmm. we both read like a nonfiction, which is what we do with Tony Norris, you know, um, Black History Month. We read right. one fiction and one nonfiction to kind of break mm-hmm. it up. and Yeah. But maybe it was just they were too... I don't know. Mm-hmm. I read my book mm-hmm. months ago. Gotcha. So it was easier okay. to read this one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, listeners? Do you like hearing us compare and contrast two different books? <laughs> or would you be fine with just one? Yeah. And maybe be a shorter episode.
1: It'd be interesting to know.
0: Send us messages. Yeah. Send us love notes. Let us know you're actually listening to us and that we're not just talking to each other and it's recording <laughs> voices. <laughs> but even
1: if nobody else is listening, we're doing it for us, right?
0: Yeah. So indeed, indeed. It works out. Okay. So should we take a break? And Yeah, we should probably take a little break. Come and back and come talk, back about, and talk about Emily Given. So today we are going to highlight another local podcaster and her company. Sharon Tewksbury-Bloom owns Do Good, Be Good sharing coordinates workshops that are primarily directed towards team and staff development for local government entities and nonprofits. She also does this lovely podcast called Do Good, Be Good, same as her company. And here's what she has to say about her podcast's content and purpose. On the Do Good, Be Good podcast, I interview people doing meaningful work, paid or volunteer. They talk about the challenges they have faced when they're trying to be helpful The people I talk to are committed to making the world a better place, but are not trying to be the next Mother Mother Teresa. In fact, most of the time we end up talking about the ridiculous, funny, and weird things that happen in this line of work i've listened to several of sharon's podcasts and they are super fun i think i've enjoyed them because i uh for her first episode she interviewed a lot of local folks around flagstaff so i know a lot of the people she's interviewing which is kind of fun to hear different little bits of their lives uh, through a different lens so we will include a link to sharon's website as um, which also has the link to her podcast and if you're into service i would say totally check it out and um and see what her guests have to say about it Right,
1: Curie. Mm. so what did you pick? We, Where We Belong by Emily Giffen, which is basically a story of a woman in her late thirties, early forties. She's 36. 36. 18 times two. Ah, math. Not good at it. <laughs> anyway, she is this famous producer writer for a TV show in New York and she has a boyfriend and they're not engaged. And he's still pay- married. Are they no, still married? He's divorced, okay, he's divorced.
0: But he has a fo- ex-wife and a teenage and son. a
1: teenage kid. And they—he's the owner
0: of the company. You should probably clarify, or the CEO of the of the television company that oh, she works for,
1: right? But it's... that has nothing to do with. I mean, she didn't get in because of him.
0: No, but they just have kind of a glamorous life.
1: Yeah, they are rich and enjoy New York life. And so they had a fight one night, and womp 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 womp. And then what's her name? Kirby, no, Marion, Marion, Marion's the <laughs> mom, the well, woman. We
0: haven't gotten there yet. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler.
1: <laughs> so Marion is the main protect, one of the main protagonists, mm-hmm. and she has a fight with Paul because he doesn't want to marry her.
0: Well, he doesn't. He doesn't want to marry her. He just kind of stalls out there for a second, and he doesn't want to marry her. You don't think so? No, but he proposes later. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway they get in a fight and she's all womp womp and all by herself. yeah the doorbell rings and all of a sudden
0: she opens the door and
1: she's looking at a mini me
0: well actually i think well, kind, of, yeah i guess mm. she it was a definite mashup of her and her uh post high school graduation summer love yeah so yeah. basically
1: we find out that Marion gets knocked up the first time she has sex which is very unfortunate even though they used condoms yeah. That would suck.
0: Well, and, I, and it was one of those things. Well, and I guess you pretty much know, actually, you pretty much know when you start the book that just from the way even the title is re- or the uh, little synopsis thing is written. Yeah. You know where this is going. Totally. So, like, when th- they're describing her first sexual encounter and there was, like, some kind of, not, I wouldn't say graphic, but some very specific details about him inserting himself <laughs> without a condom for a, a short, brief but amount of time. But recon doesn't
1: count. Precum has no active sperm in it. That's not true. It is true. Ask Sydney Tolchinski.
0: Really? Yes. Sydney, it tell is, us. Can you post Sydney believe. and clarify this for us? <laughs> well, okay. Well, then Emily Giffen got her. The, I, Most people do. Yeah, the I thought pre-cum that. precum doesn't have. It's just like
1: a lubricant so that it's easy.
0: Uh <laughs> Boy, you really put things explicit on this one. Anyway, uh, so anyhow. they do
1: it and she gets knocked up and she lies to him. Paul,
0: right? Is that the guy's name? No, Car car uh, Carson? No. Shit. What is this name? Uh we lost Shucks. it. It's anyway, okay.
1: Paul is the guy that is current in her yes. life. Um but Sebastian? No. No. I mean, look- no, keep it's talking, okay. I'm gonna look it up. So they uh sh- Miriam is like oh I'm late I'm never late and they take a pregnancy test and she's pregnant and he doesn't know that she's pregnant because she's lied to him and then she tells her mom and she goes away for a little bit and gives birth and puts the baby up for adoption hence Kirby and the book kind of follows both Kirby and Miriam side by side so whatever's happening in Miriam life in present day is all Kirby, we're also hearing Kirby's side of her life and Kirby gets adopted to a family that wasn't able to get pregnant, but then Kirby arrived and then they did get pregnant. So she has a sister and Kirby decides to find her real mom, Marion. And so she shows up to New York after traveling by herself and meets Marion and they have this really awkward exchange and Marion takes her shopping and she doesn't really like shopping and (laughs) there's a whole bunch of drama. And so Kirby goes back to her home and Miriam and her kind of keep an open relationship, and Kirby asks the question of who's my dad? And Miriam's like, Oh, God, here's this bag of worms I don't want to really deal with.
0: Yes, his name is Conrad.
1: Conrad, there we go. So Conrad comes into the picture.
0: Boy, that was and awkward. It's
1: awkward oh, my and eyes. he hates Miriam so much.
0: Well, hate,
1: oh, yeah. Strongly dislikes. Strongly, strongly, strongly dislikes. Which, in a way, it
0: was kind of like, Man, dude, it was 18 years ago. Let it go. But
1: also, like, what if Robert could get pregnant? And he didn't tell you that he got pregnant.
0: Well, but even before he knew about the baby, he was like the way she described just his look of animosity and like the tension there. Right. Because she like dropped him. Right. Like like it was 18 years ago when they were 18. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I get it on one hand. Like if I was to run into some of my former fellas, it would probably be a For
1: little. <laughs>
0: okay, I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, uh, yes, I don't know that I necessarily would be super enthusiastic about seeing some of my past oh, people. Yeah, I guess I don't really care. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't think I would be as outwardly angry as he would I would be indifferent like I wouldn't be excited about it but I right yeah. and 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 in the, the two that I'm thinking of like in both situations like they're the ones that screwed me over so right. I would have every right to be like really angry and hateful towards them and I would just be like sorry dude you lost yeah <laughs> look at me now bitch yeah uh. pretty much pretty much
1: <laughs> um So, yeah, there's a whole drama, triangle of drama between Conrad, Marion, and Kirby. Kirby and Conrad end up bonding at a bar one night and they sing together and it's this beautiful father. Yeah. And then Kirby goes away and invites them to her graduation. They come to their graduation and they look at baby photos and blah, 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 blah. And then Paul marries Miriam no yeah they get
0: engaged no they d- did you finish the book yes you did not finish the I book i did liar liar oh yeah correct she didn't do it <laughs> he asked he but asked, he did ask and she, she said, said no. yes well no she first she said yes they went and looked at diamonds right like a four carat like ridiculous Jesus,
1: barf. and me. then they're
0: at a party and she's like i don't really want to marry you don't get the ring peace out bro um, and then it just kind of ends, which yeah. I didn't, so that was one of the things I was stupid I, I, ending. I felt like the ending was very unresolved, which I'm sure was a little bit unintentional. I kind of was well, like, her
1: whole life was unresolved, right? Right. Yeah. But I mean,
0: like as far as what she was going to do, like her, I Oh, just wait. imagine she went back to Conrad. Maybe. And she has done a couple of like interlinked books. So I, when I finished the book, I was like, Oh, is she setting this up for a second one? Because honestly, oh, so I probably wouldn't read it. I'm not that invested in any of these characters. I know. They were
1: not <laughs> likable. I didn't like anybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, Kirby was kind of portrayed as your typical Ugh. overly angsty yeah. teenager. Marion was just kind of, again, she was kind of privileged. that cold, confused, privileged. Yeah. Um, Conrad was kind of, I mean, he was the cool guy, but he was also kind of angry. And, and just, he was also kind of privileged. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. What did you think about when Marion's mother shared... So, all this time... Oh,
1: God. When she finally bursts the beans about her dad actually knowing. Yes! I was kind of pissed.
0: I was like, whoa. That is... Whoa. I, I didn't even
1: know what to do with that. I feel like... I mean, so as a woman... I feel like that women have a sister bond already and like we have a majority of the world already against us that we kind of need to stick together and Mm -hmm. hang on to each other's secrets. Like if I disclose something personal to you, my expectation as a woman that you you would not blab it to anybody else Mm And vice versa. Like if you were to share some intimate details with me, I would not blab it to right. my husband or anybody else. Like but I'm you're not, not
0: my mom either. Well,
1: true, but I feel like that bond should be even stronger of But they didn't it's really have goddamn a, mom. But
0: they're not that strong of a bond. I mean, they've talked a lot about how she was a daddy's girl. Right, but still it's like the
1: womanhood.
0: But still, I, it pissed me off the- so
1: much because a girl at work did this recently where we were like having a personal conversation. I disclosed information and then she fucking told the person I was talking about. Oh, no. I was like, what? That is not your story to tell. And I think that's what mm-hmm. bothered me is that mm-hmm. when we share something with somebody, mm-hmm. we are sharing it with them and they should not consider themselves lucky, but it's just for them. Like we're having this moment. Sure. It's your story; you can tell it, but it's not up to the yeah. other person to disclose your story to somebody else.
0: I agree, but I think what I, what I am more shocked about is that they kept the secret, I know, this her double dad level secret, like, for yeah. eighteen years, yeah, and then her mom was like, "Oh yeah, by the way, your dad's known this whole time." Right. And oh yeah, by the way, it, yeah, it was really hard, a strain on our marriage, and I'm like. <gasps> Wow! Okay, so not only are you just telling your daughter that you didn't keep it a secret, and then you kept it a secret that you didn't keep it a secret.
1: Right. And then then you're you're also going to blame her for your marital issues.
0: Yeah. I was like, oh, man. You could
1: have just not told him, and it would have been fine.
0: Well, I don't know about that. I mean, that is a big secret to keep. Like, on one hand, I I don't think that what her mom did was the right thing, but... At the same time, I could see that's a pretty big thing to keep from your spouse about your shared child. Meh. I don't Mm. know. I I don't think there's an easy or appropriate solution there. I just think the whole thing was messed up. Keep your mouth shut. (laughs) It just made me uncomfortable all the way around. Yeah. Well, and then
1: they don't even talk about like the lack of trust. Like how could you trust your mom after that? How could you trust were, anybody? And then they were like, okay, we're great. Oh, let's hug it out. Look at our Mer- grandbaby. Yeah. It was just, yeah.
0: Yeah. The book was. It was interesting though. I wonder how often people, you know, I don't know a lot about adoption, um, but I wonder if that is a typical thing where a birth parent can say yes when the child turns 18. They can, Yeah. Is that common? Yep. Mm-hmm. I wonder how often people do that. I don't know. We never have to think about it. Yeah. Well, but, you know, what what I will say, though, um, so I haven't seen my dad since I was, like, five. Mm -hmm. And so on a weird sort of level, I can kind of relate to Kirby about having all these questions. Like, there's a whole side of my family that I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh,
0: You know, I don't know anything about my father at this point. Like, I know some basic information about him, but I don't know anything about his parents. You know any siblings that he has? I mean, it's just like not something that my mom and I really talk about. Yeah. And I pro- and at this, I'm not really interested in this in seeking him out because I feel like you know what, he could have sought me out if he really wanted to have a relationship with me. Right. Um, he would know how to get in touch with my mom.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: Madison's a small place. Right. He could have tracked her down. Yeah. If he wanted to be like, hey, I'd like to reconnect with my daughter. Yeah. So I just wouldn't even want to put myself through that heartache. I don't think. Um, it's interesting. Cause the
1: last time I saw my dad, I was 18 and mm-hmm. he died a few years ago That's and right. it brought up like so much regret of, I should have tried harder mm-hmm. that I wasn't even expecting to arise. Like mm-hmm. I knew that him and my mom had a really good relationship at points and mm-hmm. then a really scary, bad relationship. And you know, I, he did the best that he could and Mm -hmm. there's a certain level of regret that i didn't try harder because he did reach out like he would send Mm -hmm. me birthday cards he would send me christmas cards and i was just i think afraid or maybe worried about letting down my family of wanting to reach out to him because of the shit that he pulled with my mom Mm -hmm. and it's been i was just thinking about this today of like how sad i am that i don't have that opportunity Mm. and it could be like nan's anniversary is coming up like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things happening Mm -hmm. emotionally Mm -hmm. for me right now and I was just kind of like fuck like I lost that opportunity to get to know somebody because I've had other people's views taint me Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. I mean I know he didn't do good things to my mom but you know that was also 20 20 some odd years ago 30 years ago Mm -hmm. so yeah I mean there are questions that I have as well of like
0: yeah well and I certainly have questions but I guess I've just I mean, there's definitely some lack of resolution. Like, yeah. there always will be. Right. But I don't dwell on it too much. And I think I'm more at the self-protective of kind of like, well, screw you. Right. I mean, you know, I, I have family in my life and important people in my life and that take care of my needs and care about me. Right. So I think I've just kind of moved on from it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if he looked me up. I mean, I don't think I'd turn him away, but i don't know what i'd be like oh dad yay right. you yeah. know i'd be like kind of like okay so why are you getting in touch with me after like 35 40 years that's right. really weird yeah you know um oh and p.s thank you for the breast cancer gene thanks asshole
1: <laughs> <laughs> not his fault yes it is i mean it's it's his, totally his fault it's his gene but it's not intentional I it is know. not an inti- He did not insert his semen with the Broca gene to be like, here you go, Corey, Merry
0: Christmas. I know, but if that's like the <laughs> only tangible thing I have from the guy at this point, that's kind of shitty.
1: That's true. I agree. <laughs> Still, wow, that's just what it really weird. not his <laughs> fault though. <laughs> you can blame Jesus or I like, God. I like Jesus. I don't want to blame Jesus, but Jesus created the Broca gene.
0: Jesus just died. He was just a. A dirty hippie that was around for, okay, well, we're going in a really weird place. (laughs) We're going to stop right there. (laughs) So apparently our
1: conversations are much more entertaining than this book. There is your takeaway for Uh, the day.
0: Oh, man. Oh, goodness. Anyways. Okay. So long and short, if you are looking for a chill, beach read, just something mind candy, brain candy, as I said. Pick Corey's book. Yeah, I would pick mine over uh, Emily. Ooh, maybe
1: we should vote. We should include that. At the end of the episode, be like, which book do you like the most?
0: We have been doing that, kind of. True. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Touché.
0: So anyway, now we're getting into
1: planning while we're recording. <laughs> it's also nighttime. I'm very confused. Yep, squirrel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um,
1: next time.
0: So next time. So you know we're headed into April, even though it's only March when we're recording, which is weird. But
1: uh, <laughs> we're like a month ahead.
0: <laughs> we're just overachievers. Anyway, so uh, we are both familiar with this little thing called Earth Day. <gasps> It happens, on april
1: earth
0: 20- Day. It happens on april 22nd yay earth yes and uh as we know as you probably know sustainability is near and dear to my heart even though i'm not working directly in it right now it's still very important to me and, and
1: i think we all know that global warming exists and is it's happening. Not global
0: warming is climate change
1: global warming climate change the warm the earth is getting warmer no, and the is, ice sheets are melting it's,
0: no it's it's appropriate to call it climate change because not every place is just warming Trust me on this one. I know, but I still want to use it. It's but it's an it's a misleading term, and it allows climate science deniers to say, "Well, well, well in New England right now, it's like not warming up." So we have to say climate change, Gary. God damn it! Come on, say it with me. Mm, climate change. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. I know that was hard for you. <laughs> Global warming is an effect of climate change. Anywho. So, (laughs) we.
1: I just got schooled.
0: (laughs) I do have a degree in it. So, you know, I am going to pull out the degree card on that one. (laughs) Love you.
1: Love you too. Okay.
0: So, with that said, we decided that we wanted to read two nonfiction books about nature. (laughs) We're
1: probably both going to be like, why did we pick to read two nonfiction books about nature?
0: (gasps) Well, this is kind of in my wheelhouse. So, I may not feel that way. Maybe. Maybe. TBD. TBD. Tune in to find out what you really think. So, you want to talk about your book first
1: the book i picked is the hidden life of trees what they feel how they communicate discoveries from a secret world and that just sounds super cool like i already know that they kind of communicate with each other and i think this will get into more detail about how they do that and what they communicate
0: didn't m night Shyamalan do a, a movie about that
1: i have no idea the last like movie that i saw from him was like 15 years ago
0: he did this really weird movie like where people were like killing themselves and I think the plants were communicating and like they were it was like a self-protective mechanism crap we'll we'll put that in show notes of what the movie is Mm. it was really stupid but the whole premise was is that it was a self a self defense mechanism by plants since we're being such assholes and killing them, so they made they started communicating with oh us subconsciously God. and making us kill ourselves. Lovely. Yep. Well, hopefully that's not what this book is about. No, I don't <laughs> so, think it's going to be. So, what is your book about, really? Peter
1: Woliben. I don't know how to say his name. So he's drawing on groundbreaking new discoveries that presents the science behind the secret and previously unknown life of trees and their communication abilities. He describes how these discoveries have informed his own practice in the forest around him. As he says, a happy forest is a healthy forest. And he believes that eco-friendly practices not only are economically sustainable, but also benefit the health of our planet and the mental and physical health of all who live on Earth. Cool. Yeah.
0: Fun fact about Flagstaff in Coconino County. Whoop, whoop. You want Largest to say Largest Ponderosa Forest. Largest contiguous Ponderosa Forest. Contiguous? means I mean, it's cont- like. Oh. Yeah. You so have to right. add an
1: extra word in there.
0: Well, it's just how I contiguous. always Contiguous. Anywho. <laughs> Man, we are saucy on a Saturday night. <laughs> okay. So I picked the Nature Fix, Uh, why nature makes us happier healthier and more creative by Florence Williams I like how we both have titles on our books that are like two lines long yeah (laughs) science (laughs) science (laughs) the nature fix demonstrates that our connection to nature is much more important to our cognition than we think and that even small amounts of exposure to the living world can improve our creativity and enhance our mood in prose that is incisive witty and urgent I don't think I've ever heard that line before wow okay williams shows how time in nature is not a luxury but in fact essential to our humanity as our modern lives shift dramatically indoors these ideas and the answers they yield are more urgent than ever they use the word urgent twice
1: urgent urgent
0: urgent urgent Urgent. it's really good so far yeah i'm not i yeah i started it i will i'll be honest and i haven't gotten very far when i read the introduction i was like yes i already know all of this but um, I, I'm, I'm, excited to see where she goes as far as her adventures. I've gotten a little, a little teaser for you all. Forest bathing. In Japan. It's not, so fun. Not what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's not people taking a bath in the middle of the forest.
1: <laughs> it's pretty funny.
0: Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: All Anyways,
0: right. that's all we got for you this time. We look forward to talking to you in a couple weeks and
1: see you later. Talk to, to you later.
0: later. Bye. Bye. Hey, book friends. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Thanks for listening along
1: with us. Head over to our podcast site to share your recommendations and your opinions with us on the books we have read. That website is booksandteapodcast.com. It's also where you will find our podcast show notes with a full list of titles for the books, along with our favorite tea and what we mentioned today. If you are on any social media, feel free to stop by our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You will find those links on our website. To be the first to hear about the next new podcast and what we are working on, make sure you are signed up to our newsletter.